What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Darren, and this is the Manhood Moment. going to try to give you one big idea in 10 minutes or less today to help you be a more godly man. This episode, we're going to be looking at pitfalls of a skilled man. We're going to be looking at Proverbs 22 and 23. Um, but before we get into that, I want to invite you to check out our Substack at christendomchronicle.substack.com. Uh, that's our family ministry Substack that this podcast is off of. Would invite you to jump on there and check out the articles and essays that have been written there, uh, and more stuff coming there from the family every day. You can get a subscription there for free, christendemocronical.substack.com. And if you're interested in supporting our family ministry, you can support our work there for just five dollars a month with a paid subscription. And if you do that, you get access to a little bit more content uh, with um, some chapters for a book that I'm going to be publishing in July. So that's christendemocronical.substack.com. Okay. So today we're talking about the pitfalls of a man who is skilled in his labor. And uh, this comes in uh, Proverbs chapter 22, starting in verse 29. And I believe that verse 29 of chapter 22 actually should have been included in chapter 23, because I think that the principles in verse 29 of chapter 22 belong alongside the principles presented in chapter 23, verses 1 through 8. So what are those principles? There are three pitfalls here. So Proverbs 22, verse 29 says this. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. And I believe now that verse is what the next three pericopes in Proverbs 23 are about. These next three things in Proverbs 23 talk about the outworking of what we see in Proverbs 22-29. So a man who is skilled in his labor will not stand before obscure men, but instead he will stand before kings. That's the big idea. And so since that's the case, then Solomon offers three warnings to the man who is skilled in his labor. The first one comes in verses 1-3 through three of chapter 23. He says, When you sit down to dine with a ruler... Understand well what is set before you, so that you should put a knife to your throat. If you are a man of appetite, do not desire his delicacies, for it is bread of falsehood. So verse 3 really kind of helps, helps us understand what Solomon is talking about here. He says the food that the ruler offers you is the bread of falsehood. A skilled man will stand before kings, and one of the reasons that he will stand before kings is oftentimes disingenuous rulers are going to want to use his skill for their own advantage. And that's what's being talked about in verses 1 through 3. His bread is the bread of falsehood, and he will invite you to his table not because he desires to enjoy your company or any such thing. But he will invite you to his table for what he can get for you, from you. And that's the idea that Proverbs 23, 1-3 is talking about. A skilled man, a man who is good at his skills, will be often called to the table of a ruler so that that ruler can either use his skills or use the influence gained by his skills as a means of helping that ruler advance his agenda. So the idea that the proverb is saying here is one big pitfall of being a man of good skill 
is that there are rulers, there are people of authority that are going to want to take advantage of your skill and your influence as a means of advancing their own agenda. And he says, be on guard against that. You don't want to be used by rulers to advance their agenda. This also applies to other people that are like major people of influence. When you are a man of skill, people are going to want to borrow your skills. They want to borrow your influence for the sake of advancing their own agenda. Be on guard against that. Be mindful against that. Second warning comes in verses 4 and 5. He says, Do not weary yourself to gain wealth because of your understanding. Cease. Do you make your eye, do, do you make your eyes fly up to see it? But it's not there. Because it certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. Second pitfall of a man who is skilled in his work is to give himself to the pursuit of wealth. And I want you to notice the distinction drawn in chapter 22, verse 29, between there, about a man who is skilled, and then chapter 23, verses 4 and 5. The benefit here goes heavily toward the man who pursues skill and the man who desires to be skilled in his work than toward the man who desires the gain of wealth. But sometimes when a man tastes the benefit that come from skill, okay, so when a person is, is skilled, they're good at what they do, many times wealth follows after skill. You have marketable skills and you work hard, you're able to build wealth because of the because of the skills. But when you start to do well and you gain wealth, if you're not a wise man, and you're not careful, you might abandon the pursuit and the honing of those skills, which is the primary means by which you have to gain wealth, instead for the pursuit of wealth in itself. And the idea here is that the pursuit of wealth in itself is a foolish endeavor. But instead, the way that you, uh, the means by which you're able to gain physical prosperity and gain wealth and gain uh, the ability to provide for yourself, and so on and so forth, is not through the pursuit of wealth as an end itself, but rather through the pursuit of attaining and honing skills. Okay, so the emphasis here is on making yourself a skilled man, and then a certain amount of wealth will come after that if you work hard and so forth. But do not pursue wealth as an end in itself. And the scripture is so abundantly clear on that. It talks about that all the time. Then there's the third warning here that comes in verses 6 through 8. Not only should you not dine with a ruler without clear eyes, understanding what you're getting yourself into, not only should you not weary yourself with the gain of wealth, but finally he says, do not eat the bread of a selfish man and do not desire his delicacies, for he calculates in his soul, so he is. Eat and drink, he says to you. But his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsel you have eaten, and you will corrupt your pleasant words. Here, what the uh, what the author of the Proverbs is telling us, and you'll notice that the formulation here is sim similar to what's being discussed with the ruler, and that's because oftentimes there's not much distinction between a selfish man and a ruler, other than the ruler has a certain amount of authority by which he can back his selfishness. But he says, don't eat the bread of a selfish man. And why is that? Well, you have to ask yourself a question as a matter of wisdom. Why does a selfish man want to give you something? 
And if it is the case that a person is selfish that you're dealing with, then the question that you must always learn to ask yourself is, if I do what this person wants me to do, what's in it for them? And that's the case with a selfish person. Anytime they do anything for you or invite you to do anything or whatever else the case may be, there's a benefit. The primary benefit is for them and not for you, not for your family, not for your well-being. And so he says, don't eat the bread of a selfish man. Why? Because he's a selfish man. So why is he giving you bread if he's a selfish man? He says, don't desire his delicacies. Right? Why? Because he's calculating something in his soul. There's something he wants from you, and he's offering you this bread so that he can get what he wants from you. So don't desire the delicacy of kings. Don't desire the delicacy of selfish men. And then the middle thing here then that I talked about a little bit ago, when you do not desire to gain wealth for yourself, that's in verse 4. What the author of the Proverbs saying is essentially saying in verses 4 and 5 is, don't become the selfish man. Don't become the ruler, the kind of a ruler that tries to take advantage of other people. And don't become the kind of a man that wants to take advantage of others to gain wealth to yourself. And the key aspect of all of this goes back to verse 29. Be a man who spends your time and your energy focusing on the development of your skills and focusing on hard work that you can do. And then use the resources that you gain from that to love and care for your family and provide a good life for your family and provide a, a you know, provide a, um, for the material and physical well-being for your family, right? And don't concern yourself with trying to gain prominence. Don't concern yourself with trying to gain the, the respect or the, the, ear of the wealthy man or the ear or the ear of the selfish man or the ear of the king or gaining wealth for yourself as an end in itself these are all bad ends that a person who is skilled could possibly pursue that will derail them instead use the skill that you have hone it and get better at it but use it as a means of providing for you and your family okay use it as a means of providing for you and your family not to gain you prominence, not to gain you wealth as an end in itself, not to gain you authority or favor with the king, but hone your skill for the sake of your own well-being and for the sake of your family. So these are the three pitfalls that the scripture lays out here that a skilled man may be fall into. So I want to encourage you men, be skilled men, but also be mindful of the potential pitfalls that are unique to being a man of good skill. Okay, God bless, brothers.